Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuryu Podcast, where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of May 6, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Ginky. Oh, Ginkies and Deeds, and uh, I lied about last week's episode because I, I confused when you're not going to be on. I thought it was going to be me for three weeks, but... I guess we'll have a little breather before it's just me for two weeks. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I got lots going on. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. And uh, Gray is really busy as of late. So, like, unfortunately, as much as he would want to be on, he, he hasn't been able to been available to be on. But, yes. Yeah, how have you been? What you've been listening to as of late? Um... I've been good. It's been... I've been listening to some interesting things. Not really. I mean, it's pretty much the same playlist when I work. To be honest, um, I was listening to this week's Music Corner, which we'll get into. I also have a couple playlists that I've been going in between on mine um since i had to go back to the office i just put on a playlist one of them is my cream mix so it's just a compilation of cream songs how original and the other playlist i have i was listening to was a lot of like hip-hop r&b and it's just being honest a hodgepodge from like a witch to her tracks like Bloodshot, Poison, Nebuta, Senol, Kuchinidashite, to Chanmina, such as like Beijing, Picky, Princess, um, some Crazy Boy on there with Donna. Always have to have that. And um, of course, I got Cream on there, the usual. I got some Nishi on there, especially because. His new album is coming out, and I know he's not really a hip-hop R&B, but he does have some very R&B-based tracks that are absolutely phenomenal, to be honest. Um, I love Marikimi Washita and I, My Prettiest Girl, Doshoka. Um, also got PKZ on there, and I forgot how much I love them. They did a song called Play That featuring Hiromi Tosaka and Crystal K. It is a fun track, and they also got... Uh, cut it up with cl and afrojack and that one was also one that really got me going in the morning also got some ta's on there what forget the shine i really like him i mean i the even though he does do a lot of auto-tuning i love the compositions that he does especially ones like video featuring stacks t and simba it just makes for a fun time also had some Aoyama Teruma on there. I actually was playing a few older tracks, such as like God's Children featuring Anarchy, Poppin featuring Kato Media, um, Sekai no Chushin, We Are the World, and also did Without You featuring 4 Minute, because that's still one of my favorite tracks by her. Her Will album is just so good and has so many standout tracks like Fighting Soldier, Goodbye, Stronger Than Ever, um... But there, there's just, a, like I said, a big hodgepodge IUE diamond on there. Went back to some of 21's Japanese stuff because I greatly enjoyed when they were, when they were in the Japanese music industry with uh, versions of like Clap Your Hands and um, went back to Kodakumi. I always do. 
I was listening to her Double Face album as well as her Heart album. Just needed some good vibes on there. And I mean, just hodgepodge from there. I did do some Namie. I actually watched her Space of Hip Hop tour since I was feeling a little down and I just wanted something fun to get my spirits up. And Namie is one of those artists who is just phenomenal live, not just vocally, but she puts on such a great show. And her Space of Hip Hop tour just was just watching that time period because it was Queen of Hip Hop came out in 05 and then Space of Hip Hop was the 06 tour. And just reliving those days of that part of her career just put a smile on my face because there were so many great tracks on there. I mean, you got Wowa, you got Want Me, Want Me, Queen of Hip Hop. No, I mean, that was, and she did her new track Violet Sauce on there. And just watching that put a smile on my face and makes me really, really miss Namie. So that's been my week. What about you, Ken? What have you been listening to? So I've been listening to a hodgepodge of things, obviously. I kind of went back to uh, show more with their Jazz Attitude Volume 2 Garland single, which is actually really good. Their Jazz Attitude Volumes actually has been really, really solid, and I've enjoyed both, actually, of the last two releases. i also been listening to uh, Kuroi's Small World single that's actually been really, really great, and a very interesting cover if you guys have the chance to look that up. Uh, Tokyo State of Mind by Kansano is actually really, really good and really solid. Another solid vocalist is Haruko Oishi with um, Kako, which is actually really, really good. I've been actually keeping my eye on this vocalist for a while, so I'm really, really excited to hear what's next. We got Ali with the Inglorious Eastern Cowboy EP, you know, Teenage City Riot. It's good to see them back on the horse, so to speak, after the little little stubble that they had with it a couple years ago. So it's really good to see them back. Uh, Sayonara Plastic World by Perfume, their latest single. Our good old senpais have actually been jumping on the horse as well, so to speak, of releases. Um, We also have uh, You Are Beautiful by Mime, which is absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend anyone that is actually interested in having a very solid vocalist sing to them to listen to this track it's actually really really good uh, we also have the you are nobody by tokimiki records another amazing song by hikari who is the vocalist of mine helping tokimiki records out here you also got uh foy with her latest ep mini album that's going to be coming up with her it doesn't come out yet but they she's been teasing about it with her track nobody else featuring featuring uh vivia ola who is a vocalist i haven't heard of before but you know i've been really really hot on foy for a while and i can't wait for the proper release of this mini album but yeah pretty much a little bit of random here and there but pretty kind of chill music all around and speaking of chill music let's kind of go on to our topic here and you know we're a little bit removed from coachella the dust has and i guess awareness of what happened in coachella is actually continuing to wear off right now and we just wanted to talk about you know 
they had a really good showing this year for Eastern and Western artists, especially for the Asia side. You know, Utada aside, they had a really good surprise acts for a lot of the 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 Far East artists. So. I agree. I mean, and it was just amazing seeing that at Coachella this year and how well the East was represented. Yeah, that's for darn sure. So we wanted to actually throw our lovely pitch of, you know, what kind of artist would we think is actually would fit for Coachella. And one of the major things that I thought immediately that was going to be a problem for this is we're going to go immediately for a popular artist and fortunately enough um that did not happen for neither of our picks so i'm very very thankful for that and i'm pretty sure gray would have probably hinted towards a a uh, more popular artist than what we have chosen as well so i'm kind of glad he wasn't in this week's episode for this topic yeah, I agree because, I mean, yes, Coachella picks popular artists, but at the same, I feel like not all those popular artists will fit the genre and aesthetic of Coachella. Yeah, I'm still boggled by the mind that why Perfume was chosen. And I get it to a point because of just how trippy their electronica music and during that time they were really hit huge on EDM stuff so i guess i kind of get it but still that it was a puzzling choice for a perfume to be on there yes i but i think the edm is really what drove it like you said edm was yeah. super big and especially looking at um oh man i'm trying to think of the that dj who was huge or still is huge Skrillex. No, oh, Steve Aoki. Steve Aoki is... Uh, Steve Aoki. Yeah, and, you know, like, you look at him in the EDM and how he brought that to the forefront, and then, so I can see why Perfume was chosen due to how big EDM was at the, that time period, and also, like you said, their their light show. When they do live performances, it is very visual, and I can see people at Coachella grav- gravitating toward the visuals and the EDM style. So that time period, it does make sense, though. But yeah, Luna, why don't you go first and introduce your artist that you would like to think would have a great showing in Coachella. So my pick probably will come no surprise to to you or our group as I've talked about this artist quite a bit is I honestly believe Yayui Diamond would be very fit very well with not only Coachella's aesthetic, but the a lot of the crowd, I think, would easily gravitate toward her musical style. And that reason being is Yayui's style is very Americanized. And you listen to a lot of her songs. There's a variety of reggae, R&B, hip hop. And yes, you got some pop in there too. And I mean, songs like Top Gal is more reggae. And it's a great like East meets West song because... Those lyrics, you know, a lot of people don't, if you know what Gyaru is, the gals, and that's what it's relating to. So there's your East part, but then you listen to the composition, the vocal style, it's very westernized. And, you know, tracks like Melon Soda and even Psycho, with, uh, which is a Meiji song, but Yayoi Diamond's featured in. They're tracks that I think would do very well at Coachella. And even her new one, uh, Shin Miedo, that came out. I think that would be a 
a very good track at something Coachella, not to mention just like her visual style. She's very into it fashion wise. I think that would get a lot of draws and just watching her stage presence and how she interacts with the crowd and knows how to pull that off very tastefully, I think would be a big draw. And she just did uh, Southeast by Southwest in Texas. And I feel like Coachella would be the next step and it would be fitting of her style, her musical style, her look. I mean, and I could see people gravitating toward that. I've met several people who don't really listen to a lot of Japanese music, but have really liked Yayoi Diamond's style because it fits in the club scene. It fits in that type of dance style. And there's a good chunk of Coachella's music that is like that. For example, I mean, Doja Cat was there. And I I mean, Yayoi fits within that style that Doja Cat is. So I, I easily see her fitting in. Yeah, no, that was one thing that I wasn't really, well, I wasn't really surprised by your pick, first of all, but I was also, you know, I could really see her doing very, very well in the West, and I'm not, I'm I'm very surprised she hasn't really tried to do a more international audience already because of her look and her appeal specifically. Yeah, I think she's tried to, she's starting to branch out a little bit more. So she did a club in Miami because one of my friends actually got to meet and perform with her. And she also did some mm-hmm. clubs in LA before she went back to Japan. Yeah, no, and you know, a lot of her songs, like I can feel, like when you talked about Doja Cat, I feel like, yeah, that is a very aptly fit style that, well, not all, all like not one-to-one same but it's a very similar catch of of a net of a style that she does and it's really good that you brought that up because one of the main things i think is that we would have to do for these artists is to we would have to make a comparison to a very popular western artist and and doja cat actually fits that bill very very well yeah, and, and that's what I was trying to think of. Who is someone in the West that people would know and could easily, you know, like, c- compare her with if they needed to? And I mean, I wouldn't compare her one for one. Yayui does her own style. But still, if you were looking for a Western artist that's similar, you know, I honestly think Yayui's Katsufude would do very well here. And I could see that one being performed at Coachella. And that would actually be a fun one to see live or even... um like Melon Soda and uh, Choose Me, Sweet Boy, you know, like her upbeat songs. And I think, I, I think she would just be a fun artist to get the crowd ri- uh, like all excited. Oh yeah, no, that that's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. But yeah, you know, I guess I'll I'll, I'll continue on to my artist here, and I pick someone that. I think is vastly over uh, uh, underrated in the in the Japanese market. While he is making some steam right now, and, and that is Daichi Yamamoto. And when when I initially pitched the artist that I was going to do, you were very very confused on which Daichi I was talking about. <laughs> I was for a second, and then once once it hit me, I'm like. Oh, this one makes more sense than the one I thought. 
Yeah, and as much as we love the Deitch, you know, I don't... It'd be a very hard pick in my mind. And plus, he's an NHK ambassador, so I don't know if NHK would even allow him to go to a certain style of that. You know, just of what that branch of people that are at Coachella do. So... <laughs> There's that, but you know, you know, with my pick, I picked Daichi Yamamoto, and he is an absolutely phenomenal rapper, and obviously very, very Western influence. You can tell it by his vocal styles and prowess, and to the composition as well. I am very surprised that he is not, you know, as much as you know, rappers are here or dime a dozen. I think he got some of them beat. Yeah, I. I can see you picking. I can see Daichi Yamamoto was an easy pick, and like you said, I mean, his his musical style is actually is very befitting of Coachella because he has more that chill R and B feel. He easily ha- he also has that Western vibe that would fit very well here, and his transitions when you hear him do his rap and back from Japanese and English, his chill beats. And he just has that style that one people could chill to um, and enjoy, but also they could easily bop to. And I think he would be like a great stage set and presence, especially with his rap skills. And we all know Coachella always brings in rappers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for darn sure. And that, that was the one thing that I immediately thought of. I was like, who is a rapper that I can bring? As much as I would love to explore the EDM side of that this style of music, I think that the EDM part is past that. And now we're just getting into the thing of just chill and good-ass music for Coachella. And I think Daichi has that chops to fit both of that, chill and really good ass compositions with lyrics i mean if you listen to his latest single everyday people right there is just what i think is a common place of what you can hear on coachella's main stage so yeah and also his tracks like blueberry that's another great example of you know a track i could easily see live and with his style it's something people could sit to and enjoy with him and that's what a lot of people do want at Coachella. Not all of them want that loud jumping around type of thing. And that's what I do like that Coachella's been doing a variety of music with just amazing acts in general and in different genres to that. And I do believe Daichi Yamamoto fits like perfectly with it. And I also think what would be good for him is because he's bilingual that that would oh, yeah. be a plus for him because he could easily do English versions of his songs or he could even do, you know, do, I mean, he could switch it up easily. That's the thing with Daichi that I think would be, would help him big time. Oh yeah. No, that's for darn sure. Where either he does English version of the songs or just switches it up, which I think would be very impressive if he does switch up versions of just both in English and Japanese of standard tracks that is either in all in English or all in Japanese. I think it would be very interesting to hear something like that. Oh, I agree. And that would be the perfect time to do it is it can show his his variety. And I think it would be very appealing to all the attendees at Coachella because they would get to see something unique 
and also get to see what he can do, like what he's actually capable of and the talent. Oh yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. But yeah, with that, let's move on to Music Corner here. And this week, you have the lovely reins of introducing us a wonderful artist. So go right ahead and do so, Luna. All right. So my artist this week is Tani Yuki. And he is a singer-songwriter who began his career at a, a young age when his grandfather gave him an acoustic guitar, and that was in junior high school. So from there, he pretty much formed several groups and units during his vocational school days. And this included online acapella and several other, you know, groups to that aspect. So he already has, I feel like, a good amount of experience under his belt, which helped him with his success. And what really pushed him to the forefront was when he public or posted a clip and it was just a one word clip with his, what would be his hit song Myra on TikTok. And from there, because that got so many clicks, he ended up putting the full music video on YouTube and Myra being his debut single immediately soared to the top of the charts. And I remember when Myra came out because we discussed this on the Oricon and it was a big deal. And, oh, yeah. It was a huge deal yeah. at that time. And I remember it's still a big deal because you still see it pop up, maybe not on the Oricon, but when you go on Apple Music and you see a, it's part of a lot of like hot, like hot Japan playlists. If you look at like the hundred, you know, like hot songs right now, Myra's been po- Myra's popped up in a couple and that's what got me to go back and listen to Tani Yuki again is Myra started playing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this song is so good. And he just has this way with his vocals. They're very charming, smooth. And I feel like him, because he was part of like vocational school and did all these online groups, especially that acapella on Whitebox, that helped him establish his vocals and his musical abilities. And it really pushed him to the forefront. And I feel like that made him who he is today with his music. And like Myra is one of the ones that first song I heard by him, also his debut. So in a way, I feel like we've kind of grown with him. And it was his vocals, just how smooth they sound, kind of like butter. And how the composition blends in with his vocals just did it for me. I mean, I, I just love the piano the acoustic guitar in it and it just showcases the talent he has and the other thing I love about him is each of his tracks are different they stand out and you can hear that by his vocals he changes up how he sings in each song and WXY is another one and now also became a huge hit on TikTok and this one is I mean it's just his voice that captures you with it the lyrics pull you into it. I honestly love the piano and the composition, and that's one of the my favorite things about WXY. And this is a track that still comes to the forefront, and we'll get a little bit more into it later. I mean, one, um, one of the other tracks that I absolutely love because you hear all the, like, what he can actually do with his vocals is Aiko Ba. And it is a... It, it sounds like it's going to be a ballad as it starts off with soft vocals and then it picks up 
when you start getting to the chorus. And I love that in this song, it leads you on a journey. And it really feels like you're following him through. And just the uniqueness of it and what he puts into it, just showing that this isn't your typical ballad, I'm going to change this up. And it just shows his talent. And his newest single, Jibun Jishin, I like he utilizes the piano right at the beginning and I am big on piano and I just love how this track progresses as do his vocals as you're going through it and I feel like each of his tracks that I've listened to have this uniqueness to it vocal wise composition wise and even though he does use a lot of piano and guitar work in all his tracks he still knows how to change it up composition wise so not two are the same and listening to from Myra to Jibun Jinshin, you can tell how his music style has changed throughout his short career so far. And I love that, that he has the capabilities to develop his career. And Ken, I'm curious to hear what you think of Taniyuki, because, uh, I mean, we covered Myra when he first started, and I wasn't sure if you had a chance to go back and actually listen to him since then. So honestly, I'm going to be really upfront about this. I haven't. I I caught things here and there by him, but it wasn't really a thing that was in the forefront for me. I think I I think I had Freya. Let's see here. I think I had Freya. I had uh, certain things over time, uh, unreachable love song. So not too much of continuing on from him, just whatever really popped up into my music collections and I really regret that because Taniyuki is a phenomenal artist. And honestly, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to what his career has because he's one of that artists that is obviously going to leave a forefront print in the Reiwa era. And I think that if we're going to still get a vocalist that like are like this... I'm not too worried about the future because this is the imprint that, you know, future artists are going to look at. I agree. And seeing an artist like Taniyuki in the Reiwa era just gives me hope for, like you said, the future of, of artists. And we can go back and look at him years from now and see what he's done and i'm i'm honestly looking forward to watching his career and growing with him as in a way i feel like we kind of have yeah no it's really interesting to kind of see that and you know from his first take if you guys haven't listened to his first take from myra go go right ahead it's absolutely fantastic so <laughs> it is and and he just is one of those vocalists that I, I just impressed me and most people know I'm not super into male vocalist but Tani Yuki just has this talent and this voice ju just pulls you in and his music is just charming unique and he's one that I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next I think one of the major things that you know that would work for everyone that you know usual pop artists kind of fall into is that with with tani yuki he really doesn't rely on 
I don't want to say cheerful or uppity melodies. He really relies on his vocal strengths. And that's one of the things that you absolutely need to do for a vocalist, especially for now. And I, I agree. And I think that's why I enjoyed him so much is because he relies heavily on his vocal strengths. And I feel like the compositions are matched around his vocals on that track. And I like that aspect of it because a lot of artists will do the composition and then try to vocally match it. And sometimes it does not work and you don't even get to hear their actual talent. But with Taniyuki, it's the opposite. And you hear his vocals just shine. Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. So I'm very thankful that you got the chance to really much introduce him to our 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 fan, our listeners and you know i'm very happy to come back to him i'm glad i'm glad to reintroduce him since it's been a while since we talked about myra and i feel like now is a great time i mean he has his newest single jibunjishin that just released in march and he currently only has one album memories which came out last november and he only has um, nine singles so far. So this is the perfect time to actually start following Taniyuki. We have his official website, Twitter, Instagram, and his latest music video for Jibun Jishin on our website. And I hope everyone, all our listeners, enjoy him as much as we did. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, no, that's for darn sure. But with that... Let's continue on to the Archon here. And, well, we heard my take about it because this is the same Archon from last week because of Golden Week that happened. So they didn't really have a chance to go out and change any of the new styles that we have. But this is semi-new for you, Luna. So let's con kind of continue on here at number 10. It is Sankyo Sanka and Asuka Kuru by Aimer. Nothing much more we can say about this, but this week it sold a lovely 20,501 points. And continuing on up to number 9, it is Gomenne by Bish. Now, I I really liked and appreciated this release because of, and especially how, if this is how Bish is going to end, this is a phenomenal way to leave an imprint, so to speak. But what did you feel about Gomenne? So... Luna? I actually really like Gomenne, and I hit the plus sign on it. And as most people know, I'm not a big Bish fan because usually they're too high energy and too much for me. But with Gomenne, they slowed it down. It was not mm -hmm. oversang. It wasn't the composition wasn't too, um, I guess you could say, in your face. That, that's the way I kind of think of it. But I think Gomenne just had the perfect combination vocal-wise. And the composition was slowed down. And I like it when they do tracks like Gomenne. I mean, I, I loved it. And I was very shocked. I also thought the B-side Sakura was good as well. The single as a whole was phenomenal. And you're right. If this is the way Bish is going to end... I am okay with that. I'm I'm kind of sad because I really like the style for them. And I wish if they did more tracks like this. Because, I mean, I also like Pyol. But I actually like Gomenne a lot more than Pyol. 
and I I just think it's it's really the composition and their vocals just it flows perfectly and this is what I want from Bish to be honest I want tracks like Omenne because it's just such a nice chill track and it just fits with what they can do perfectly it's like the perfect style for them no that's that's for darn sure and i'm really 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 appreciative of that but yeah this gomen sold a lovely twenty one thousand seven hundred and four points here and then continuing uh up to number eight it is love die but iv not much really changed from my perspective over the last two weeks of this song and i'm pretty sure yours hasn't as well luna Nope, it's remained the same. I honestly didn't go back to it. It's, it's, yeah. You, you, uh, you can listen to our opinion in the last two episodes. Yeah. This week it's a lovely 21,755 points. And going on up to WXY by <laughs> Tiny Yuki. So it's, it's very interesting because like you just said, X, uh, WXY is actually really popular on the social media sites and stuff like that. So it's very interesting that this just happened to rear its head back a year out. <laughs> yeah, and that, that kind of surprised me, but it didn't because WXY was huge on TikTok. And I'm sure that's one of the things that's bringing it back for a lot of people. And I'm glad for Tani Yuki to see him on here again. That way we, we get to talk about him more. And I do wish if Gray was on here, just because I would love to hear his opinion on Tani Yuki, because I know he's big on male vocalist. And I would love to hear he what he thinks of WXY. And I honestly think this is not only one of Tani Yuki's like, more popular tracks besides Myra, but it's also one of his best tracks. It's very standout. I love the piano composition in it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no, um, personally, I really love WXY. It's probably one of, after Myra, it's probably one of my favorite tracks done by him, to be honest. So I'm quite happy to to see it back here once again. But this week, it sold a lovely 21,814 points. Continuing on up to number six, it is Butter by BTS. Not much more we can say about Butter. This week it sold a lovely 23,745 points, yeah. And going on up to number 5, it is Ichizu and Sakana Yume by King New. Not much more we can say about this one. I'm kind of surprised it's still on here because of the fact that it is really uh, relevant to Jujutsu Kaisen and Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is pretty much done or has its run. We might see it again, so who knows, but... This week it's all a lovely 24,062 points here. And going on up to good old Love Life here. I always forget the name of this particular group because it's just it's just the name of their, their school, right? Yep. It's the Niji Gaku Niji Gasaki Gakuen School Idol Onajikai, I believe that's or Kokai. Kokai, there we go. Uh, for for them and with the track of colorful dreams colorful smiles and it's pretty much love live uh honestly this is stream of the mill for love live and i've said like last week i preferred this release because of the fact that it's it is it's that good solid 
newness that you need for an idol track. And while I might hate it on another idol group, the fact of the matter is we barely hear songs by them, by this particular group. So that's why I'm kind of letting it a little bit more leniency than usual. Yeah, and 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 you are correct. We don't hear as much from the um, Niji Gasaki. Uh, Gakuen, Skuru, Airu, uh, Kohai, as we do like Accords or Muse. I feel like Accords and Muse were always the, or still the more popular the two, you know, for the Love Live. I do think Colorful Dreams, Colorful Smiles is a good track for them. It's very befitting of each girl's. It's also, like you said, very Love Live. And I, I still have not watched this Love Live series yet. I'm waiting for it to come to Blu-ray in the States and then I'll check it out. Um, I mean, I honestly do prefer Accords a little more, but I think this is a solid track for them. And I think this is a great way to showcase the, you know, Niji, uh, Nijigasaki, Gakuen, uh, Skuru, I do Kohai group. And I mean, I, I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. And I really do hope they may, they have some more tracks that end up on here and, you know, get us some hype. It is your typical pop idol group. However, it's very well done. It's very befitting of Love Idol, Love Live. And, you know, the composition is also really good, too. I mean, I I, I honestly, this does make me want to watch the show even more now. Well, yeah. This week, it sold a lovely 26,138 points here. And going on up... To number three, it is Loving You and Odori Yoni Jinsei O by King and Prince. Nothing much more we can say about this release. King and Prince is still probably the cream of the crop here, so. 100% agree. This week it sold a lovely 27,177 points. And going on up to number two, it is Mixed Nuts by official Higedondism. Now, I did not know this because I do not keep track of anime. I did, know, did not know that this was the, I think, ending theme for Spy Family, which is the new hotness right now. You're correct. And I did not know that either because I've not watched Spy Family, but I have seen a lot of hype around it. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that it's on here. I know that's been a lot of people been talking about spy family in the anime community. Yeah, no, that's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. But going to the release itself, personally, it was all right. I I personally like the fact that it was different from Crybaby. They kind of need to do this all the time. I don't think, you know, it's good to have a sound, but it's it's one thing to have a sound and it's one thing to have a reliance of that sound and official Hige knew that firsthand when they hit pretender and then all that stuff and from a couple years ago now and i'm grateful that official Hige kind of learned that experience of what it means to kind of just churn it out and I'm really appreciative that Mixed Nuts, well, might not be the best song overall by them. It is still a song that they are really trying to think creatively about their approach of, and their compositions. 
no, I, I 100% agree with you on mixed nuts. And I like, I, I'm like you. I personally like that they did something different, ex- you know, extremely different than Crybaby. And not just that, it sound mixed nuts sounds completely different than a lot of the other songs they've done over the years. It has a uniqueness to it. And I like that they're changing it up. I like that mixed nuts actually stands out from a lot of their other songs, which I think is a good thing because it shows that they they can easily switch it up. They're not just one trick pony, you know, like with Pretender. And as much as I love that, I love Pretender still, you know, I mean, it's just this Mixed Nuts is a breath of fresh air, I feel like, that they're showcasing what they can do. And although Mixed Nuts isn't one of my favorite tracks by them, I love the uniqueness of it. I respect that they're switching it up. And I'm glad to see this on the Oricon so we can actually talk about it. And the, you know, the the different type of style. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do, you know, kind of like the King New thing or King New always has really neat, unique tracks, whether you like it or you don't like it. And I I like when artists do that because it makes it makes their music always seem fresh and it shows that they can change things up easily and that they can do different styles. Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. And that's one of the things that it, I think right now for official Hige is has to be on the forefront. They need to show that they aren't going to be just one trick pony with pretenders. And now they've proven that with Crybaby. Now they are doing something totally different totally and tonally different from Crybaby with Mixed Nuts. And I really appreciate them for doing that. I really do. I do as well. But regardless... Oh, sorry. <laughs> but regardless, this week it sold a lovely 33,243 points here. And going on up to number one, it is the lovely single of I, which is Call 919 slash We Are by Eni. <laughs> you know my lovely interesting debate about Eni. Oh I yes, we're I do. In both an agreement, we're in both an agreements of how we feel about Eni. But you know, the new song of this one is "We Are" because we did call one one nine, which is absolutely hot garbage, and I think I need an emergency after hearing that song. But what did you think of "We Are"? So, even though "We Are" is not for me, I actually like that it was toned down. So. Compared to Call 119, We Are has a lot more relaxed composition. It's a lot more poppy, less pop and lock. And I feel like it flows way better than Call 119. Call 119, I feel like the rap really disrupted the flow to the point it irked me. But with We Are, yes, you know, they had the rap in it, but it feel like, it felt like it was not as disruptive of the musical flow and I honestly think because they toned it down, it, you know, I I think it was, for me, a lot easier of a pill to swallow for that because I'm like, okay, this actually shows that they're not all about the pop and lock. It's still a very poppy track, but I like that it was not 
it was, you know, more of a chill, poppy track, and it wasn't too much. Yeah, no. We Are is, while it's not as dancey, you still can hear the dance beats in it, but it's not as garish as Call 1-9 is. I still am kind of feeling a little bit meh on it overall. This is not for me. This is not for my style. This is not for my generation. I would assume that too. I've yet to meet a person our age that listens to Eni. So, you know, that tells you something. <laughs> Same. It's not for my generation or my style either. However, I do like that, you know, it's different than Call 119 and it's not to me, it's not as in your face. There we go. You know, but it's not something I'm going to go out of my way and listen to. But I totally understand the appeal of the younger generation and can see why they like it. Yeah. I mean, regardless, it sold very, very well still. I mean, I would love to see uh, two weeks numbers from now for next week. But it sold very, very well at 630,485 points here. You know, it, regardless, it did so well. So, you know, something is working with that that generation. So, But with that, let's continue on to the albums here. And the albums is very interesting. Because the albums did change. <laughs> because number one was not, not Last Idol. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But now this week it is Last Idol. We have Black Star 3 by Black Star the Theater Starless. Which is Husbandos, I would assume. <laughs> we got the lovely Eguchi Takuya with... Urger and with his his album there we got one by it's exile atsushi and that's good you know atsushi still needs to have really solid hits and one i've listened to a couple of it has been really really solid so bad mood kind of reared its head up again at number five gee i wonder why <laughs> yep i'm glad to see it still on here though doing good but yeah, you know, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku to You. You can find us on all the podcast streaming services. You can follow us on all social media websites at Ongaku to You on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the website where we talk about the Japanese music industry just a tad more at Ongaku to You.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is going through a tear of the Tales series. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate, Timber Taff, who is, I don't know what he's going through. He hasn't really been streaming as of late, but you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timber Taff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, who is an accomplished author, so I am looking forward to do the Audible version of her book soon enough. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name f-a-n-g-i-r-l-h-a-s-n-o-n-a-m-e you can also check out your sister luna rose who is probably really excited about all the final fantasy 14 news that has been coming out as of late you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstar kitty r-a-i-n-s-t-a-r-k-i-t-t-y you can also check out the podcast with me lou and timber do called podosaurus 
this week we talked about a whole lot of things. We talked about Tales of Symphonia. We also talked about Xeno Clash and Metal Gear Solid 3. If you want to listen about that podcast, just look up Cody Hunter, same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYCan1, where I talk about Bang Dream and I about Robocall Hair Robo and all the idlings of that. You can follow Gray at Ongaku Gray, and where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several of the social media platforms, such as Twitter, Letterboxd, My Anime List, Anime Planet, as Luna Maria87, L U N A M A R I A 87. And you can find me as Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram, where I mainly all post about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I've bought, and my lovely cats. But yeah, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Ungaku to You. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed and have a wonderful rest of your week. Jamatane!